Hi, everyone. Thank you for tuning into this episode of On the Record. My name is Caleb. This episode is in collaboration with Ashley Hall, who has written an article about the Gaming Club, which is available now on the Six Mile Post. On this episode, I sit down with Victoria Banks, who is an English professor and faculty advisor to the Gaming Club here at Georgia Highlands College, and also Tristan Tolbert, who is the president of the Gaming Club. I wanted to ask Victoria what it was like bringing her experience in the video game industry into the classroom, and also just to talk about the gaming club and find out what it's like to manage the largest and most active student club at Georgia Highlands College. It was a really fascinating and fun interview, and I hope you enjoy listening to it. Today, we've got uh, Professor Victoria Banks. Uh, she's an English professor and faculty advisor to the gaming club here at Georgia Highlands College. And we've also got Tristan Tolbert, who is the current president of the gaming club. He has been since 2019, and he's a Georgia Highlands student majoring in logistics and supply chain. So thank you guys for joining me. Yeah, of course. Anytime. Excited to be here. How do you like working at Georgia Highlands? Uh, I'm enjoying it so far. I've noticed that I have a lot of students who are really excited and invested in learning. Uh, and I try to make it fun for them as well. So I, so far, I've found students are enjoying what I'm doing in the classroom, as well as what I have to offer for clubs and activities and stuff like that. How does working at Georgia Highlands compare to some of the other jobs that you've had before? Georgia Highlands definitely has, I feel like, a lot of opportunities for students, especially for a diverse range of ages and um, people returning to college. I have also find that it's very financially approachable for many students to attend Highlands. So I think it offers a lot of opportunities for uh, a wide range of students. I understand you have kind of a background in the video game industry. Do you have any experience with like video game design, writing, anything like that? Most of that is independent work. But yes, most of my experience in the industry was as a journalist. My studies in my master's in academia were focused in script writing for video games and interactive narrative design. Most of my studies were focused in ludology and like understanding how to write and create scripts for games uh, that are designed to be interactive. So a lot of my experience is in that regard. That's where my focus as a writer is. Most of my projects have been independent. And then the journalism was with uh, Game Skinny, in which I would propose different pitches, different projects to write on. They'd send out games for me to play or I would go to esports events to cover those. You mentioned ludology. I assume that's kind of a workflow for video game writing. It's like uh, just the study of play. So understanding how play works. A lot of people are interested in writing in the industry, but it's one of those things where you have to really understand gameplay and game design before you can actually go into the writing side of things. It's difficult to transition straight from, say, film writing and script writing to just video game writing without a context or understanding of the way gameplay works and the way a user is going to interact with that story. So you have to understand how do you make the game fun first before you actually add a good story to it. I think gameplay should be your priority first. uh, And then from there, you can create a good story. What kind of skills and experiences do you bring from that part of your career into the classroom? 
Oh, well, a lot of it is that like understanding interactivity. If you understand how someone is going to engage with content, you can then play into that. Usually it's a trial and error kind of thing. You can see people's reaction to content, whether it's positive or negative. Um, but I try to make my classrooms highly interactive um, and add gameplay and reward elements to them uh, psychologically. If you create a positive association with work and reward students for the work they're doing, usually they have more of a positive outlook on their studies and academia and all that. So I have things like, I call it my bonus bounty board and students can pick up bounties for extra credit. I divide my classes by levels and have separate little side quests and missions that kind of help them prep for major assignments. So I try to make it somewhat fun in that way. I mean, it still works, but I add a lot of my interactive knowledge into the classroom. That's really interesting. So you're basically gamifying the whole, the whole education process. A little bit. Uh, it, it can go very wrong with gamification because sometimes it can yeah. appear hokey or just kind of tacked on and not really, you know, as if it's trying to fool the audience that they're being educated. But it's useful. I think if you are just trying to use it to kind of if you're just adding it as a second element to engage the audience, then it, it can work. Well, that's really interesting. And I kind of want to take your class just to see how. <laughs> <laughs> I was talking to the game club students and we were actually mentioning that, like they asked what classes I teach and how it goes. And they were like, oh my God, that sounds kind of fun. Uh, so it is good to have that positive feedback from my students. Um, what drew you to teach English specifically? I, I know personally, when I think of video games, I think of computer science, coding, that sort of thing. Uh, well, I was always forced, first and foremost, a writer. That has always been my path and still always will be. I've wanted to be a writer since I was like seven, I think is when I decided. Um, I was very fortunate that I discovered you know, my passion early in life. It changed along the way as far as what kind of writing I do. I do video game writing, but I also do fiction writing and short form and other things too. So I don't really stay within a box, I guess. Right. Uh, but when I got into my master's, um, that's really where I started to think about whether I could apply this to the video game industry since, you know, I grew up as a gamer too. Gaming was always a huge part of my life. And it wasn't until the master's that I considered, well, what about doing like, independent work as a writer in the gaming industry, whether that's journalism or as a narrative writer. It was such an interesting niche for me. Um, and it was something that I liked doing. I really enjoyed predicting what a player wanted to do and then writing towards that and writing multiple paths based on player choice. Uh, so all of those were interesting to me. But at the same time, I really loved teaching people about writing because I think uh, a lot of times students and others can be wary about like approaching composition, but uh, I find that it is a lot of times a misconception about writing being just say a traditional form of writing like papers and stuff like that. So I try to break their understanding of like what exactly writing is and how we consume writing all the time in media. Also, academia was not something I thought I would be, you know, I didn't think I was going to be a professor. And then I got into a college environment, which was very much more so about people pursuing fields and collaborating and trying to push the field uh, to new limits. And I found that having that collaborative environment and seeing my instructors work with me, they kind of inspired me to pursue a field as an instructor. I just wanted to have that same positive impact on others and create that environment that is encouraging collaboration and growth within writing. If you were 
stranded on a desert island, what three books would you want to have with you? And I will not accept mm. how to survive on a desert island. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, let's see. Definitely Fahrenheit 451. I'm is, reading that right now, actually. It was one of those books that I was assigned in high school didn't really click with it. And then I got out of high school and read it uh, just in my free time. And I really just connected with it. Also, Ray Bradbury is a sci-fi writer. It's really inspiring to me, his content. Other one would probably be the Harry Potter series, honestly. Uh, There's a lot of uh, controversy, I'd say, around um, the author and some of the content that we now look at as problematic. However, there were... It was one of my first introductions into... Or my investment in writing and reading. And also, it was one of the best examples, I'd say, of world building. And third, The Hobbit, definitely. It's just... If I could listen to it, I would prefer that because it's just such a a vocal kind of story. It's it's great to listen it's hard to sit down and read that for me personally but i could listen to it be read to oh, me yeah. all day it's fantastic <laughs> uh tristan what about you top three books stranded on a desert island well uh, that's a hard question i'd say playing off the sci-fi writer thing uh i like timothy zahn more than anything I'd probably have to say Outbound Flight. I always liked the City of series, the Mortal Instruments series by, uh, I think, Cassandra okay. Clare. And then probably The Art of War, because I haven't finished it yet, and uh, I want to <laughs> finish it. I'm running a campaign right now, fully online, trying to hit more of our online students mm. for Vampire the Masquerade. Okay. And I'm reading that to try and get a mindset for a character I have in mind. So uh, the next few questions, I'm just going to kind of open it up to both of y'all. Video games are still kind of associated with whether it's warranted or not, laziness or even like violent behavior. Basically, are there any misconceptions about video games, the community, the industry that that you'd like to briefly address? I would say with the idea of it being kind of laziness or um, causing aggression, all these kind of negative outlooks are typically held by people who've never played games and also don't know the variety of games that people play. Uh, Definitely, there are different reactions you can get from different genres of games, but media as a whole has, you know, violence in it. That does not mean that the person is going to enact violence. Um, I think more of that has to do with mental help. We do have an issue of a red herring logical fallacy appear in that argument where because we want to put blame on one thing, we'll point a finger at, oh, it was this or it was that. Uh, Same thing used to happen with comic books. You know, we used to think comic books were going to cause violence. I I think there is a lot more depth to that issue of what causes violence in an individual, a lot more different uh, factors in the environment and of the mental health of the, the individual as well. So I think it's a much more difficult answer to approach. That's why people just point a finger at one thing. Uh, And that's not to say that someone who plays video games may not, uh, may act violent, you know, that could happen. Uh, But I think looking at that as the root and only cause can be problematic. Uh, Instead, I encourage people to watch gameplay, watch video games with their friend or, you know, bond over gaming, because I think there's a lot more 
to be had of positive things from gaming than uh, just those negative. And I think once you are exposed to it and uh, you start to play with friends and that kind of thing, you start to see it in a different light. Even when I told my parents that I do video game writing and, you know, I would work on uh, different video games and projects, they didn't really understand what that meant until I showed them like Red Dead Redemption. And I showed them the storyline and how deep that is. Yeah, I just uh, went to a panel at DragonCon where the voice actors were there and they talked a lot about how they brought the characters to life and that kind of thing. So, but yeah, um, I I think there's a lot more to be had with gaming. There can be some like outlooks of laziness. And I do think there's something to be said about video game addiction. That definitely is a thing because there is a heightened serotonin boost you get. It's the same thing though, with any media scrolling through TikTok, um, you know, anything that is giving you serotonin boost can cause an addiction. So, so I think in moderation, it can be great. I find that video games offer a very immersive experience with stories and media. It also allows us to engage with each other in interesting ways. So I think there's a lot of positive that can come from gaming if you are open to it and not afraid. You know, I think a lot of times those viewpoints come from fear of not understanding it. So I would kind of put it on being a little bit more of a generational thing. Every time a new generation comes up, the generation raising them, they kind of are resistant to change and new things. I think it's kind of a little bit of that. I mean, people used to say that about like reading. It's like, oh, are you just right. going to sit in that house and read all day? It's like, well, yeah, I gained something from this. Um, if you're not going to be put on this earth and enjoy being here, then what's the point? So anything that brings people like enjoyment and stuff, I, I, I say go at it as long as it's, you know, not impeding on other people and as long as it's like morally correct. And then as far as video games or any kind of game causing violence, violence is somewhat human nature. Well, they're somewhat replacing, you know, institutions that used to actually be violence. You go home, you watch Gladiator, the movie. It's cool. Back before we had movies and things, we had Gladiator arenas. People did get hurt. These things actually happened. And two, so to jump I, off of that, that games probably keep people out of trouble. Gamers are not necessarily going to go out and enact violence. Um, and if they are, usually there's something else going on. There's a deeper thing. Yeah. Yeah. If if a student or, or you know, someone in the gaming club came up to you and said that they were uh, thinking about going into the gaming industry, is there any advice that you have? And what skills are video game companies specifically looking for and potential employees? Uh, It's something that I, a lot of my students come back to me after they've had my class um, for help and advice if they are pursuing fields of media. And it's the same thing I would recommend for any field, but in particular with gaming, I think a lot of people will try to seek a, a degree and then immediately go for an internship or position at a company and only have the degree under their belt, even though that is necessary and it's needed. On top of that, you should have a portfolio of the work you've done. And I was, you know, even speaking to uh, people in the industry at DragonCon 2 about this. And we were talking about how upon leaving college, if you don't have projects under your belt, if you don't have something to show of how you applied the degree uh, and what you used it for, then it makes it much more difficult to beat the competition who have produced indie projects and have collaborated with others on projects. So I always tell students, even though you're doing these classes and working on these projects, Save them in in an online e-portfolio. Develop a personal website that has a collection of your work. Collaborate and network now while you're in college. 
get those other people who can help you build projects who have different areas of expertise, whether that's music, acting, writing, coding, and game design, whatever it is. Develop those projects, develop a personal website, an e-portfolio with a collection of those projects. Make sure the projects that you have on that website are geared towards whatever company it is you're wanting to apply to because not every company produces the same types of games. So if you're going into the art side of gaming where that would be writing, you know, character design and stuff like that, uh, environmental design, look at the styles of the company that you think you want to work for and put that on your portfolio. Same thing if you're uh, in more of the coding side of games, uh, the more technical side. Think about... What kind of content do you want to produce? And what kind of gameplay do you want to create? Uh, What companies match that? And make sure you're having content that looks appealing to those companies. Tristan, anything to add? Uh, Admittedly, yes. Uh, While I am the president of the gaming club, I have never been too ridiculously big on video games. I, I more or less hit every other aspect of the club. But to play off a few things that she said that I do know, uh, networking, network, network, network. That goes for every industry or anything you can do for any field. Get out there, meet people, talk to people, get perspectives and put your name out there as someone who's interested. You can't get contacted for a job. You can't find the hidden job market if your name's not out there, if you're not searching for people. Uh, Going off my professional management class that I just finished with uh, Dr. Gillespie, majority of really, really good jobs never hit the job market. They're settled and people are hired before it even makes it to the job market. So you need to hit that hidden market. Having a degree is great. It's wonderful. It helps everybody. It's such a great thing. A degree only means so much if you don't have experience. Some places put a higher value on experience than they do a degree. Yeah, I agree. Last but not least, in my opinion, the most important question is who's your Smash Brothers main? So I do a lot of uh, uh, martial arts and I had a uh, rash guard that I, I fight in and it was Kirby's face on the back. Nice. As as kind of cliche as it may be, I love you playing You saved Kirby. the universe. I mean, you know, <laughs> for <right>. a reason. <laughs> Tristan, who's right. your Smash main? I've always main Toon Link. Uh, the, little, the little spinny attack he does is yeah. glorious. I am always the one little annoying person who knows, hey, I'm not going to win, but I know how to get second place. This is pretty much my strategy with Princess Peach because she's my main. If she is available in the game, she is who I am playing bar none. (laughs) So I'm really good at her. Everything else, I I just, I don't know because I only play Princess Peach. Anyway, thank y'all so much for giving us your time and telling us about yourselves and the gaming club. And thank you all for listening. Be sure to support student journalism by reading Ashley Hall's article on the gaming club, which will be linked below and have a great one.